0: Hi, this is Kiki from Mission Spooky. When we first started this podcast, we were absolutely sure we knew what we were doing. And we kind of did. But some of our first episodes are pretty rough in comparison to what we do now. We love the research and all the fun we had recording these first few episodes. So we didn't want to archive them. Instead, we decided to let you know things get a whole lot better in the future. We appreciate you listening to these old dumpster fires. And now, on with the show
1: you are interested in the unknown the mysterious the unexplainable that is why you are here we are gathered here as advisors as scientists
0: welcome to mission spooky i'm your host kiki jc is out because he's so sick he can barely move so you're stuck with me today but my special guest is none other than keys my husband how you doing keys well
2: you wrangled me into this so i guess i'm all right
0: consider yourself wrangled this is episode 11 the first in 2020 and the first with our new format Normally, I would have JC here to banter with me, but I have you instead. You're going to be fine. It's going to be great.
2: I'm going to blow the roof off this place.
0: Okay, I'm going to tell you guys about a very weird thing that happened to me a few days ago. As some of you may know, I've been trying to finish watching the second season of Hellier so that JC and I can bring you our review. Uh, I found out that JC was sick while I was watching episode seven. And there's a part where the team is talking to Alan Greenfield, and the topic turns to the significance of the number 31. It was here that I paused the show so I could message JC back. We had our whole month lined up, so I knew we were going to have to make some changes if, if he was going to be out sick. So we've had to push a lot of things back a few weeks. Getting the news that he was actually too sick to do anything. Poor, poor, poor guy. I've seen him since and he looks terrible. I did what I usually do when I need some inspiration. I did a rune spread for myself.
2: Oh, I was going to say you talk to your husband.
0: And then I talked to my husband. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I keep forgetting you're actually here. It's kind of funny. Um, I gotta be really, really nice. <laughs> Usually, you're just listening and not actually involved. This is this is kind of cool. So what follows is the audio I recorded after I did the spread because what happened
2: was it as board.
0: Oh my God! It is exactly as if JC were here. This is I hate both of you so much.
2: <laughs> Please don't compare me to JC. We're <laughs> two (laughs) completely different awesome but completely different people
0: what you might as well have just used the word beautiful instead of awesome and then you would have been exactly like jc wow are you magnificent as well (laughs) so what follows is the audio that i recorded after i did my rune spread it was not a smorgasbord because well i want you guys to just listen for yourselves okay so i just tweeted a little while ago that i needed adult supervision agree because because i'm watching hellier season two and we're on episode uh i think this is seven called the trickster which is ironic and it's yeah i he's giving me the eye roll because he knows that i'm lokian anyway um <laughs> watching the show and then i realized that jc is super sick which i'll be telling you guys about he has the flu like really bad so now we have to come up with a recording for a session, okay? So th- you need to know this. Stop looking at me that right way. This- the listeners need to know this. So, so I'm like, what are we gonna do? Because I don't want to use any of the material that JC and I have been working really hard on. Because I don't me. want him to lose out on it. Okay. You said what? You Shut had up. Tell me so was anyway, silly. yes, I'm it is cool. cool. So listen. So I-, I stop off? the Hellier episode and I text him and I tell Where him, I'll think, of, I'll think of something, okay? So you know me and runes, right? Okay. So yes. Yes. I freaking go That's up there. Shh. <laughs> I freaking go up there and I'm thinking to myself, hey, you know what? I just bought a book called Montgomery County Ghost Stories, right? Because I, I was thinking I'd go through this book at some point and see if we could pull some new ones, right? Things I hadn't thought of. Of course, it has a lot in here that we already know about. So I go up there and I do a little rune pull, thinking, hey, you know what? They're talking about numerology and stuff right now in this very episode that I'm watching because they're interviewing Alan Greenfield. Okay. So I'm like, hey, all runes have a corresponding number. So what do I do? I go up there and I freaking pull... Gebo, Thorisaz, and Degas. That means nothing. The number seven, three, and one, (laughs) which is the numbers that Alan Greenfield was just talking about. 31 having significance, right? And then 777. And I'm like, okay, that's weird, right? Okay, but whatever coincidence, right? Let's go with JC's whole thing about how it's just a coincidence. You whatever. So I think, well, okay, seven, I'm going to take that as the gift that it is because seven or because Gebo means gift, right? And instead I'm going to use 31 because it's also significant to me, my birthday being on the 31st. So I go inside this book and I go to page 31 and it is the ghost, which is at Graham Park, the Keith house. Now, anyone who lives near Warminster knows about Graham Park. Yes, this... House is supposedly haunted, but you know what else happens at Grand Park? It's right next to the naval base that, well, it used to be a naval base. UFO sightings all the time. This is what I'm talking about for next week when JC is sick. That is so freaky and messed up. I can't even believe that's page 31, and my husband is looking at it right now. Please
2: tell me in the episode they're talking about UFOs.
0: Yes, they are. (laughs) I am, yeah. If you turn the page, like this yeah, talks same. about the ghost story associated with the house. But if you go to the last page about it, it talks about like I already knew what Grand Park was, so I didn't need it. But here, look, there's even the picture of the plane flying over. And yeah, this is insane, guys. Like this, this right here is what a wow. meaningful coincidence looks like. That's and whatever, like, this is right. Like it, it, there was a buildup. Yeah, I had to, you know, oh, story yeah, time. Yeah, let's, sure, let's call it that. All right, Spookster. So this was the actual real life like this actually just freaking happened right now. And um, I'm going to add this in and then I'll be talking to you guys about Grand Park. I have seen many a person in the community talking about the Hellier effect, quote unquote, on social media. We're all being drawn to certain things or having meaningful coincidences just because we're watching it. And I have to say it was incredible and really cool. And it just makes me so much more confident that we're going in the right direction with our own research here. The fact that I chose to look at Gebo as the gift rather than the number was even more incredible after I continued watching the episode. Happy birthday, as Greenfield would say. And it's not like Grand Park wasn't on our master list of places to discuss. It was a phenomenon that we're planning for a spring or summer episode But if the universe wants us to talk about it now, so be it. Maybe someone out there needs to hear this information about Grand Park. That's how we're going to roll. We're going to take a short break here for our sponsor. And when I come back, I'm going to tell you about the dual phenomenon of Grand Park where hauntings and UFOs converge. Welcome back, guys. So first, let's talk about the house, the park, the geography, and then the hauntings. So I feel like everything that goes on at the house and the geography of the house will come into play later. And then the history behind it is pretty important. Grand Park is an historic site and National Historic Landmark in Horsham, Pennsylvania. It is owned by the Pennsylvania Historical and Museum Commission and operated by the Friends of Grand Park. It is the only surviving residence of a colonial era Pennsylvania governor.
2: What about Governor Tarkin?
0: He's dead. Jim.
2: He had a nice run.
0: Grand Park began construction in 1722 by Sir William Keith as a summer residence, an alternative to the governor's mansion in Shippen House in Philadelphia, another location that is also said to be haunted. The house, originally known as Fountain Low, it has been largely unchanged since its construction, except for a restoration. Oh my God, I cannot speak tonight. Restoration. It's a restoration. It's a Tyrannosaurus restoration. (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) It has been largely unchanged since its construction, except for a restoration by Dr. Thomas Graham in the mid 18th century and a minor restoration by the PA Historical and Museum Commission in the 1960s. So, it's basically intact from when it was first built, which is kind of important to know when we get to the hauntings. Nothing's really changed. The first building constructed was the malt house in 1721. A malt house is a building in which brewers create malt by starting the germination process of barley or other grains. The malt is then used as a key ingredient in making beer ale and malt liquor this was one of several ventures taken on by sir keith and was apparently more important than getting the house built because priorities right got to drink not to mention apparently there was a lot of grain sitting in philadelphia just sitting there because the english and the colonies were really pissed off at each other at this point point. and so something had to be done with the grain so this was a good way to kind of keep it So it wouldn't go bad. So you just turn it into alcohol. (laughs) Duh, right? I mean, hello, America. In 1722 to 23, the house named Fountain Low is constructed on the 1700 acre lot. That's like 1,287 American football fields, in case you were wondering.
2: Uh, Is that how they measured acreage in the 1700s? By the length of American football
0: fields? No, it was supposed to be hockey rinks, but no one could agree. Evidence shows that Sir Keith rarely spent time at this location. He was usually in Philadelphia at the governor's mansion. In 1739, the house was sold to Dr. Thomas Graham, Sir Keith's brother-in-law, who renamed the property Graham Park. Dr. Graham had made the house into a stunning example of Georgian architecture and has established a 300-acre deer park. By 1765, Dr. Graham retires due to his health and the death of his wife, Anne. His daughter, Elizabeth, had been engaged to William Franklin, son of ben franklin but when a miscommunication led to the breakup her mother had sent her to england to get her mind off of things
2: like ho like son i mean were we still engaged like because
0: you accidentally cause
2: like i because acc- i actually stuck my penis in another it, vagina yeah i was and gonna say, to marry me yeah right so how do you good? have a
0: misunderstanding about like your engagement i don't care if you moved to london you should have what whatever poor girl so anyway feel bad for her So her mother sends her to England to get her mind off of things. But unfortunately, while she's there, her mother passes away. And so Elizabeth returns to Grand Park to care for her father and to take up the duties of hostess. Because you see, Grand Park was known for its gatherings of Philadelphia's most influential statesmen. Not only was it Ben Franklin, we had writers, musicians, and Elizabeth herself was a poet of some renown. Dr. Graham also served as the president of St. Andrews Society, an organization of gentlemen, Scottish immigrants in Philadelphia. So you had to be a gentleman and you had to be Scottish. There's
2: a Scottish joke here, but I'm going to leave it at that because I know you have at least one follower from Scotland. Yeah,
0: we do not want to piss off like the one Scotsman who listens to us, who I actually know. So, hey, bud, how you doing? They don't mess around. No. No, 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 This is gonna become important, I think, for the next part, because Dr. Graham has a bead on the Scotsmen who are entering the country,
2: and is he building a wall <laughs> inquiring minds?
0: <laughs> I don't even have you know there is there's a joke there it but yet it's not really funny anymore, you know no, I'm not saying like that's funny, but at the same time, like anything else I add to that is like. You know, yeah. See, we didn't even build walls in the 17 goddamn hundreds. We just told people we didn't like them, which is basically what's about to happen. It would seem that the Grams were set to lead a lovely and comfortable life. However, it all came crashing down when Elizabeth married Henry Ferguson without her father's consent.
2: Oh, a woman in the 1700s with a backbone?
0: Yeah, unfortunately, right? I know some ladies out there are thinking... I'll marry whoever the hell I want to, but unlike some other love stories, father did know best. Cautionary
2: tale to all, to all you daughters out there.
0: (laughs) Right, Ferguson was a penniless Scottish immigrant, and he was 11 years younger than Elizabeth Cougar. Both of these qualities made him a less than ideal suitor for Elizabeth's hand in marriage and Dr. Graham forbade them to marry. Four months after they met, however, Henry and Elizabeth married in secret. Despite her father's disapproval, and perhaps a testament to her honor, Elizabeth had vowed to tell her her father the truth. Ironically, the day on which she decided to tell him the news was the day that he died. Elizabeth watched from her bedroom window as he walked the grounds. She saw the doctor lurch and fall to the ground, and by the time she and the servants had gotten to him, he was dead, never knowing that his daughter had married the man he had warned her about. The doctor had left everything to Elizabeth, but under colonial rule, it was her husband, Henry Ferguson, that gained title to the property. Well played, douchebag. Well played. Yeah, and he's he's a total douchebag. With his sudden new fortune, Henry Ferguson was able to ascend the ranks of Philadelphia society. New money. He traveled to England twice and was awarded the title Magistrate in Philadelphia. He would be the last magistrate of Philadelphia under British colonial rule. He sailed once more for England in late 1775, just as the American Revolution was beginning. He returned to Philadelphia by way of New York City as a loyalist with Sir William Howe, commander of the British forces in America... With General Howe, Ferguson witnessed the Battle of Brandywine and the occupation of Philadelphia during the Philadelphia Campaign.
2: First off, was General Howe a very model of a modern major general? And second, no. was this before Frodo took the ring to Mordor or after? I think it was uh, after. I right?
0: believe the Battle of Brandywine was um, was after he took the ring to Mordor. Yeah, because didn't they come back and then there was a huge fight? Where the where the guy where well, they yeah. got to show off how we, friggin' awesome they were like yeah. hobbits, dude. We never They're got n- to see the whole Hobbit
2: battle and I, hobbits and, and them just go ape go ape shit over yeah. all the orcs.
0: Yeah, I would have liked to have seen that. <clears throat> Especially if Henry Ferguson died in the battle, that would have been great too. Ferguson involves Elizabeth in his activities by sending her as a messenger to General George Washington to ask for his surrender and to present a bribe to a major in the Continental Army because he's a fucking coward. He sent his wife to do this shit. Both of these incidents caused yep. the Patriots of Philadelphia, which is a really hard for me to say out loud because, you know, well, Patriots suck. But anyway.
2: Well, I was going to say, <laughs> it. It's, it's hard to enjoy all that new money with a musket ball to the face.
0: Yeah, right? Oh, so, yeah. That's why he can't. Yeah, yeah that's why he sends you know, her. He can't. Live to fight another day. Yeah. He has to, to send her.
2: To, to spend all your money.
0: Ugh. Uh, so anyway, those in Philadelphia begin to doubt her loyalty. And there was no doubt, though, that Henry Ferguson, uh, where his loyalties lay, he was found a traitor by the Supreme Executive Council of Pennsylvania, which just sounds almost like it's an imperial. Uh, I'm, I'm listening. I can hear the imperial march behind me. And Grand Park and all of its contents were seized under the Confiscation Act of 1778 stripping elizabeth of her family home and all of her possessions i
2: will be taking these huggies and whatever cash you got <laughs> shout out to all you raising <laughs> arizona fans out there
0: as her father had warned her henry managed to destroy her life and then he fucked off to england where he eventually died in a foreign campaign he did send multiple letters to elizabeth begging her to come back to london with him but she was all like fuck you you fucking traitor
2: yeah don't cry and
0: you ruined my stack. goddamn life yeah, don't cry for me, douchebag. Fortunately, this story does have a happier ending. Just three years later, after being taken in by her best friend, Elizabeth was able to regain Grand Park thanks to the support of several close and influential friends, including Dr. William Smith, who happens to be the first president of the University of Pennsylvania, Robert Morris, known as the financier of the revolution, and Benjamin Rush, a signer of the United States Declaration of Independence and the man who unfortunately introduced her to Henry Ferguson in the first damn place.
2: There's your true Benedict
1: Arnold.
0: Yeah. But with her health failing and unable to afford the upkeep on the property, after 10 years of living there in peace and quiet, she had to sell Grand Park, and she chose to sell it to a pharmacist from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, named William Smith. Elizabeth lived with her close friends in Horsham and was actually attended by a Benjamin Rush on the day of her death in 1801. So he remained a very close friend of hers and took care of her. It's very sweet. It is said that since Elizabeth's death, she and her family have haunted Fountain Low and Grand Park. These local legends have been embraced by the friends of Grand Park who perform annual lantern tours of the house, something that we very much want to do later on this year. You and I, too, could do this um, with the kid, actually. It turns out this is a family-friendly tour. and They get dressed up in period clothing, and they talk about um, Elizabeth and, and the hauntings.
2: Yeah, sounds like a plan, I- introducing our fort four-year-old to potential ghost that's great he'll be
0: almost five it's fine
2: oh, oh, oh so one year makes it
0: <laughs> hey i was eight when i was doing seances i'm not saying that, that was one a good year thing makes,
2: makes the nightmares less haunting okay gotcha. <laughs>
0: hey he he's fine um that remains to be seen
2: <laughs> we'll see after
0: the hey venture. he did recognize a photograph of your father having never seen the man in his that's entire true. life he probably has that's mommy's true. gift
2: but that's but but that's not necessarily saying that the spirits there are going to be as friendly as my my father
0: and that's mommy's going to be there it's okay Okay. Uh, anyway, before I get into the hauntings, I would like to let you guys know if you want to see a listing of the events that take place at Grand Park, or you want to donate directly to the Friends of Grand Park because they do run on donations and, and also volunteerism as well. Their website is grahampark.org. It's spelled G-R-A-E-M-E-P-A-R-K.org. Uh, there are several types of hauntings going on here, full body apparitions, auditory, physical, and olfactory. Those who now roam the halls of Fountain Low claim to smell tobacco and will often associate that with Dr. Graham, who was an aficionado of the stuff. Shh, smell something. <laughs> nice. The laughter of children can be heard on both the third floor and on the grounds. And this is not surprising, as the Grahams had lost eight of their ten children. And that's a phenomenon that is not only heard by volunteers, but um, they also they do weddings and other events there now. And there'll be multiple times when someone, like, you know, a couple will come in and they'll be looking at the property and they'll say, Is there like a playground here or something? And they'll, and then, you know, the volunteers will just kind of laugh and be like, No, there's no children here at all. Of the several stories given by volunteers, the most interesting to me was when a girl, still dressed in period clothing because she had just done a reenactment, was closing up Elizabeth's old room after a tour. She said she was completely alone and was blowing out the candles for the night when a female voice yelled from across the room, Leave us alone. It seemed that Elizabeth was upset at the subject of the reenactment, which was an argument with her husband.
2: Sicker, Ray.
0: <laughs> We're doing a lot of Ghostbuster jokes today, aren't we? And <laughs> hey, that's all right. That's Whatever. only the second. I expect at least five more by the end of this, okay? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's totally disappointed. Yeah, I'm not really sure why you would... I, I did notice when I read this, it's, the volunteers said something about it being a Valentine's Day type thing, and I thought, oh, okay, so Valentine's Day, you're going to do a reenactment between a husband and a wife fighting. Oh, and wait, the husband's an asshole traitor, and he's making his wife do traitors. things. Was there
1: murder
2: involved? No, we've already established that there's not. No,
0: there's no murder, and that's, I mean... I would have fucking killed him and buried him in the the alehouse. That's think. weird
2: that she would <laughs> say leave us alone.
0: Well, I feel like she was angry and not necessarily her husband, it's probably her and her father and maybe even her mother, hmm. you know. If this was their family home and they they were the ones who lived here, I think maybe the most as far as it being because it was the brother-in-law, so even Sir Keith and then passing it down that family extended had it longer i think than anybody else so yeah i feel like she's just like quit bothering us with this bullshit she
2: she did end up getting the raw end of the deal in life and in death so okay fair enough and i was gonna
0: say i've noticed that i went back a couple years and i've um, noticed that there's no other like valentine's day nighttime activity like not or no other valentine's day type event so i think maybe after this happened was a
2: shit so i mean yeah, he was... A, no, one yeah. lost there. Right. Fuck Valentine's Day. <laughs> Fuck this day.
0: Hey, you and I are going out Valentine's Day. We have plans. We're going to do Haunted French Town and Haunted New Hope.
2: Can you stop making plans on the <laughs> podcast, please?
0: No, no. No, we're already doing it. We You just forgot.
2: <laughs> okay. Stop refreshing my memory of plans we've made on the podcast, please.
0: And we're also going to go see Forget the Whale.
2: What else are we doing for the rest of the year? Would you like to? <laughs> I have it all planned yours? out. Are you kidding
0: me? You should see the list of haunted places we're going to this summer. Oh, we're going Lake Monster Hunting too, like in the summer, camping. Overnight. Introduce
2: yourself to us, by the way, if you see us. You know, <laughs> if you recognize us from the podcast, you won't
0: even know who we are. We're remaining anonymous. <laughs>
2: that was the implied
0: ominous. Joke. Another incident in Elizabeth's room happened over Christmas. Volunteers were putting boughs of greenery on all the windows in the house. When they finished, they broke for lunch and locked up the house.
2: Ribbons and bows. I didn't say bows, bows. I said bows.
0: When they came back, all were shocked to find that the bow in Elizabeth's room was strewn across the floor as if it had been thrown away from the window across the room. It was only in her room that this occurred. Perhaps she was upset that the bow obscured the view from her window where she would often gaze out upon the beautiful grounds and unfortunately had also seen her father die.
2: It's like symmetrical book stacking. No <laughs> one stacks books or removes boughs from windows like, like this.
0: And speaking of the grounds, her full body apparition has been witnessed floating near the mossy shores of the Oval Pond in front of her home on multiple occasions. Perhaps her poet's heart lies with the serene water. Her poetry does reflect her love for water, and there's an excerpt from her most famous poem, The Dream, written in October of 1768. When soft-eyed May did vernal treasures pour, and filled creation with a fragrant shower. When heaven's rich arch glowed with resplendent light, supremely radiant with the queen of the night. When all was solemn, calm, and mild serene, and no rude sound disturbed the silent scene. With heedless steps I innocently strayed, where babbling waters in smooth murmurs play. The banks of Delaware, rich stream I viewed, an active fancy of various themes pursued. A swift succession through my brain were passed, the wand of Morpheus, or my eyes, was cast. Besides the Graham's hauntings, there is a legend of one of their maids, Greta, dying when her skirt caught on fire and she was unable to get to water.
2: Are you, I'm sorry. Did I hear you say when her skirt caught on fire and she was able, unable to get to water? Yes. The irony of that statement and the fact that you just read a poem about water. Mm-hmm. It, she... Oh, okay. oh,
0: it's a meaningful coincidence, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's like a fire at the sea parks, though. It's like... How do you not put out a fire on your own skirt? Like, did they not establish drop and roll?
0: No, it's the 1700s.
2: Yeah, but come on. Well,
0: the legend says that she went to get water from the pot that was normally on, like, they would have like a, well, or a bucket. A bucket would be filled with water and would be near the kitchen. So her skirt accidentally catches on fire and she goes to grab the water pot that should be there filled, except that... One of the boys who worked on the premises that was supposed to fill the pot with water <laughs> did not. And so I think it was the decision to walk across the room to try to get the water that maybe just the flames just engulfed her. And she didn't have a shot to, you know, safety tip. blame it on the kid. Yeah, safety tip. Thanks, Ryan. Damn kid. Pots and pans are often heard jingling in the kitchen when no one is about. Now, I couldn't actually confirm the story, though, in time for the podcast about Greta. Everything else is in stone as far as, you know, their children dying and and the rest of the stories have been told many times and and actually written. But so, you know, I'm going to say that I might delve into that one a little bit more and revisit this legend at a later date. But pots and pans moving can also usually be attributed to a breeze or a door opening in a house like the, you know, the suction It's not quite as intriguing as the other stories having a lot more meaning, you know, like the bow being thrown across the room in her room only, you know, her yelling and and then the apparition that's been seen by multiple people at all different times. I mean, even way back in the 1800s, people were seeing her walking by the pond so another thing I would like to investigate further is the idea put forth that the grounds have been haunted since the 1700s this was kind of interesting to me because if we go back to our episode on Dark Hollow Road I know you listened to it um, and how the legend that sprang up around was it there. you were there you were there for Von Zant Bridge too which I have not done yet we're going to do that that later too we're going to do a whole haunted bridges thing so um, yeah so look Keys gets to be part of this quite a bit, unknowingly. (laughs) I'm just pulling him in. Anyway, Dark Hollow Road, that legend sprang up. There was mention that the whole area was also haunted. We're going back to like really heavily forested areas, very dark-ish areas. Now, Grand Park's not so much like that. And we'll find out a little bit more in a minute here about why it's not like that anymore. But the woods in general in certain parts of Pennsylvania, even around here. I mean, look at dude, it was creepy as hell. Spook Central. Woke up this morning. It was like mm-hmm. dark, raining. It's like
2: Dana Barrett's Dana Barrett's apartment.
0: <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. Um what did I say, five more? I want to five more. Somebody have to like two. We're do at five, two? I think. Six. Two more for me. Yeah. Um yeah, the fog was like thick as hell. It was like it was like waking up to a London fog. It was ridiculously uh, creepy this month. I loved it though, but whatever. And and the thing is that we have Scots, Irish, and English all settling here at the same time and their legends are coming with them. Dogs and so, cats
2: living together in mass
0: hysteria. Oh There's my god. Seven. Okay, there we go. So take the glowing orbs in the forest surrounding the property. This was played off as Will-O-The-Wisp or Fool's Fire. These little green balls of light that can be scientifically explained when there is a marshland and the presence of methane and phosphines. There is an oval pond in front of the house and there is a stream that runs behind it. But is that enough to produce greenish lights so bright that naval pilots witnessed them on multiple occasions while landing at the nearby Willow Grove Naval Air Base?
2: If I'm not mistaken, uh, British naval pilots and even American pilots in World War II uh, off of the uh, Moors would see similar lights as well so perhaps like the methane gases that that they produce maybe pr- maybe produce a common phenomenon. i don't know i'm just well, you know no that is
0: and that is exactly where it comes from so out in the moors where it's marshy land the will o the wisp was the first was originally like a spirit but but then of course we figured out scientifically it does create these little balls of light it's it's the gas burning off Um, but it has to, you have to have, what I say, methane, methane and phosphine have to be there and be present. Anyway, the pilots, and we're going to get into the base here in a minute, because it's actually really important. The pilots who would land on the base, they have to fly over Grand Park. And they would say they saw these dancing blue green or rather green lights in a field, which was later discovered to be none other than the property of where Fountain Low was built. But curiouser still is that there have been multiple UFO sightings at this now defunct base, which it closed in 2011 as part of major base closings around the Which United was States.
2: actually Maverick doing a flyby?
0: You know, I cannot... No, you know what? I'm not even... See, I'm going to be JC in a second here. I'm going to go off about how much I hate Tom Cruise. Let me give you a quick history of of the base because it's actually super cool.
2: Let's don't say you did. No, just kidding. Go ahead.
0: The land was originally purchased by Harold Pitcairn in 1926. And this is the thing I couldn't find exactly. We're going to, we're just going to do a guesstimation on this one because when you look at where the base line was and where grand park is and how many acres that it used to be, right? It was like 1700 acres. Part of that has how many football fields is that? 1287. Okay, Pitcairn most likely bought this part of the property from one of the owners, possibly Smith. I I couldn't find this in time for the podcast, but I might go back and try to figure it out. But it it looks like it probably came directly from the original for the viewers. It's it probably came from the original 1700 acres now because I did find out that the 1700 acres given to Keith was actually bought from someone who was an original purchaser from William Penn that had bought 5,000 acres. So he pretty much, at one point, this that guy owned like all of Horsham plus and whatever. all of the
2: American football
0: teams, it sounds yes, like. Yes, he owned them all because he had a lot. That's a lot of football fields. <laughs> 5,000 acres. So anyway, Harold Pitcairn buys um, this portion of what was probably divvied off as Grand Park in 1926. For those of you who are not aviation enthusiasts like I am. And me. Pitcairn was an aviation specialist and inventor and tested planes at this location, including the Pitcairn Mail Wing and the Pitcairn Auto Gyro. Harold's main quest was to develop safe aircraft for travel. And eventually the grass airstrip was replaced and became known as the Willow Grove Airport.
2: And he was also inventor of the failed eatery, the uh, Auto Gyro. Well, hold That's on. good. <laughs> let's, let's hey, go babe. Back. Hey, no, 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 no. That uh, was
0: really good. Let's leave that in. That was great. Good job. Well, good but, job, buddy. What was the auto The auto gyro. The
2: yeah, the auto gyro. Yeah. <laughs> <Auto-gyro. laughs>
0: <laughs> um, the Willow Grove Airport uh, did ferry people back and forth between Philadelphia and back and a couple other smaller airports in the area. So at the start of World War II, the U.S. government acquired the land to form the Willow Grove Naval Air Base. They immediately launched a classified anti-submarine warfare program. Over the course of its lifetime, the Naval Air Station Joint Reserve Base, as it was renamed, was home to the Pennsylvania National Guard 111th Fighter Wing, the 201st Red Horse Squadron, and the Liberty Bell Sea Cadets Squadron, among others.
2: And don't forget Rogue Squadron.
0: (laughs) In the 1950s, the base sought to expand into Grand Park through eminent domain that's but was, how they get you but was thwarted by the owners the straw bridges who could see the historical significance of the land and sold it to the state who in turn made it into a state historical site that way it could never be touched by eminent domain At the end of the airstrip butts against the edge of grand park currently there are several well-documented ufos Uh, Sightings at the airbase. I'm gonna share with you the top two, probably the most compelling ones, and the ones that have the best um, information that goes with them. The straw bridges, uh, I believe. Oh, the straw bridges. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That was seeing pictures of them. That is very much like what you would think. I will note this that I kind of forgot. Well, I don't forget, but I was I wasn't gonna put it in time willing if I had it, but. Miss Strawbridge said that she had a lot of Irish help and they had built their own home separate from Fountain Low. When they bought the property, they had built like their own estate on another portion of that Grand Park. That sounds racist. I'm just saying she said that a lot of her help came from Ireland and that they could see things that she could not.
2: So that's why she kept them housed separately from the main house? No,
0: I mean, oh my God, No. No. I, well, actually, I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, don't speak for her. You don't know. I don't...
0: I didn't look that part up. I just thought it was interesting that... Look, we just got done talking about Irish, Scots, the English. They all have their histories with certain paranormal communities, <laughs> if you will. Okay, I'm talking about the fae, all right? So, yeah. Fairies and fae. She was. She would go on and talk about how these servants could see things that she couldn't. But she... I. I don't know. It's a weird. It's a very weird area. Okay, and the fact that the naval base was constantly trying to encroach on it, they wound up grabbing another about eighty-eight acres of it um, in the fifties before they were able to stop them completely by giving the land over. So now it's a beautiful, like about f- Fountain Low's on forty-two acres, and like the and the other three hundred f- is still there for the. Think
2: about how many Super Bowls that could be played in in this area. <laughs> oh, that, that's just that boggles the mind.
0: Muy terrible. Okay, so anyway, uh, let's talk about the UFOs though real quick. In June of 1956, the report was sourced by the National UFO Reporting Center, by the way. The short story is the two naval corpsmen were on duty when they encountered a bright light that moved too erratically for it to be an aircraft they were familiar with. This was over clear skies with stars visible, photos were taken, and naval intelligence was contacted. But the corpsmen were told, quote, the less you say, the better. A sentiment that seems to echo through the ages whenever military personnel see a UFO.
2: Yeah, basically, Elliot needs to get E.T. out of Dodge.
0: (laughs) Another sighting took place in 1966 that was very well documented.
2: Does it involve hippies?
0: No. An 18,000-hour pilot and his passenger made a clear daylight sighting of a disc-shaped UFO with a dome on top on the afternoon of May 21st, 1966. Powell, the pilot, was flying a Luscombe at about 4,500 feet near Willow Grove with 15-mile visibility. At about 3.15 in the afternoon, after seeing a flight of Navy jets climbing up from the Willow Grove Naval Air Station, Powell spotted an object closing in behind the jets. Noting that the object had no protrusions like an aircraft, He watched more closely and saw it make an abrupt 150 to 160 degree turn and head for his aircraft. As the UFO passed under his starboard wing, Powell saw that it was a structured object. It seemed to be about 100 yards distance and 30 to 40 feet in diameter. The overall configuration was discoidal, the base was bright red, and the dome was glistening white.
2: Did you just say coitus?
0: I said discoidal. Oh, okay. Sorry. Suffice to say that between the hauntings, the green orbs, and the UFOs, this area of Willow Grove, Pennsylvania is very active. I mean, I remember at least one time when I was a kid driving hellbent for leather over to the base because my father had gotten a phone call at my grandmother's house that there was a UFO hanging out in broad daylight, and this was in the mid-70s. And they were living in Warminster at the time, so the base was only about drive time i mean maybe five minutes down the road
2: so are you drawing a direct link between the paranormal phenomenon and the ufos
0: i think that we're starting to see some interesting parallels between all of these things there's hauntings there's ufos and there's people seeing glowing green lights which don't necessarily have to be the fuel f- uh, fool's fire in this case because there's not that this oval pond is is not really that large I mean there's no sm- there's no like actual marshland back there and we're going to take a ride back there in the spring anyway but it's mostly it's it's kind of mostly a forest it's not you know it's not like the moors someone could make an argument and say that maybe the forest spirits were getting kind of pissed off that too much of it was getting eaten away and it was being used for other things, like naval air bases, for example. We're going to take a short break here. And as part of our new format going forward, we'll be having a musical guest on each episode. I'm personally super excited about this, to add, like, to add this to Mission Spooky, because I used to have a college radio show called Sounds from the Crypts, And it's exactly what it sounds like. It was all goth music, so, and a little bit of punk.
2: And now for your musical enjoyment, the Beatles.
0: And no, I actually don't like the Beatles. Anyway, it's been a lot of fun matching the music with our themes. So without further ado, our musical guest today is the band that started it all. Forget the Whale out of Jersey City, New Jersey. This is going to be their new single called Man Outta Town. It's available on Spotify, which I thought was kind of appropriate since we were talking about UFOs. Haha, <laughs> I get it. Man out of town. <laughs>
2: Oh, my (laughs) sides.
0: When we come back, we'll do shout outs and talk about how you can become part of the spookster squad. All right, guys thank you so much for listening today spooksters if you want to join the squad head on over to patreon.com slash mission spooky all one word we have tiers at the one and two dollar levels one single buck gets you our undying gratitude or is it my undying fidelity and a shout out on the cast no,
2: that's what i get
0: <laughs> yeah you did not get that did you
2: <laughs> you bet i did i sure as hell better did or I should
0: say, sure as hell better have. It's, it's, never mind. I'm, I'm just going to let that go if you didn't quite get it. Moving on. Anyway, our $2 level gets you access to our booper reels.
2: Booper or blooper?
0: Booper reels. Get it? Because uh, we're ghosty. Uh, uh,
2: no. Well played.
0: <laughs> we are currently did looking. Did not get that at first. Right? You did not get that. Because you were thinking about boobs, weren't you? <laughs>
2: mm, maybe.
0: JC was thinking about I'll boobs, too. I'll neither confirm nor deny that. We are currently looking for your ghost stories to add to an upcoming episode on the King George Inn. I have some. But the King George Inn, okay? Not from the King George Inn. Right. Or specifically, if you've worked in a haunted restaurant or have any experiences in...
2: I worked in a haunted restaurant.
0: Okay. Oh, I then- just
2: forgot about that one. I have two.
0: Oh, God, you have two now. Great. Awesome. Anyway, listen. Shh. So specifically, if you worked in a haunted restaurant or you have any experiences inside the Old King Georgian in Allentown, Pennsylvania, please send them to us at missionspookypodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Feel free to email us questions or comments on any of the previous episodes. If you're a PA, New Jersey, or Delaware band in particular, or if you own your own music and would like to be featured on our podcast, Please feel free to also contact us through private message on Instagram, Twitter, or you can email us directly at that mission podcast at gmail.com. You can find our musical guest songs on Spotify by typing in Mission Spooky 2020 in the search bar. That's going to bring up our list of musical guests going forward. So we're going to continually add them as we go. Right now, I have Forget the Whale on there. So we have Man in a Town. We also have Forget the Whale song Hex, which we're going to be featuring at a later date my shout out today actually goes to another podcast Uh, you totally made that up it's a fun history-based cast about weird creepy stuff that you would think is totally made up and with jc out sick our next episode is actually going to be me and keys on the road as we travel to north carolina what yeah i have no idea what we're going to talk about Uh, I think I'm just going to let the runes decide.
2: I'm going to fire my agent.
0: But never fear, spooksters. We're going to give you something fun. And no, I'm not going to Brown Mountain. And that's for that. You know, it's really sad that Greg and Dana Newkirk had to do a special announcement and tell people that stay away from Hellier and stay away from Somerset. Don't bother people we should all know better in this community than to try to do that. That's absolutely ridiculous. And no keys is looking at me like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. They had a problem where people are now going to hellier. People are going out to Somerset, which is another place they talk about. And they did go. Well, Tyler strand went to Brown mountain. I've already been to Brown mountain. Cause you know, you and I lived in North Carolina for what almost 20 years. Well, you live longer there, but I was there for 20 years. I mean, they, just, just don't, Go find your own mystery. You know, like that's that was my point the other day, too. When I was talking about it. I'm like, just go find your own mystery. This is what we're doing. We're doing our own research.
2: Yeah. Get in the mystery machine. Go exactly. out.
0: Get your pals. You know, get your own friends. Right. Get your dog. Don't ride the coattails or into Hellier and be stupid. OK. You can follow us on Instagram and, uh, and Twitter um, at Mission Spooky. And now at our new Facebook page, which I forgot about. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Just remember to be kind and also rate us and review us on pod chaser. That's, um, that's newer for us. We've just kind of gotten on there in the last uh, month or so. Taking us out again is forget the whale with the single man out of town. All of forget the whales music can be found on Spotify. Please go show them some love. And as always stay spooky and don't die. But if you do, contact us just don't bother jc because he needs his rest